Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here today. We are covering a big topic that I've just noticed, kind of this growing trend. There's two or three of these, so I might actually do a series. But today we are tackling this idea that you can just simply not feed your kids any food that you don't want them to eat and they'll just never be picky, right? Like this is a lot of the top comments that I see coming through from people who usually don't follow me, who probably don't have a picky eater, and they'll say things like it's so simple don't feed them foods you don't want them to eat they'll never be picky right and we see these comments on instagram or on youtube or wherever or maybe we even hear them in person we're talking to another mom friend we're talking to maybe our parents maybe our grandparents friends family whatever it might be and we might hear some version of this idea of it's just simple serve them what you want them to eat and they'll have to eat it they don't get any choices, right? And on paper and in our brains, this can actually kind of make sense. Like I get the appeal of this argument. I understand where these people are coming from and likely they don't have picky eaters or haven't struggled with this. Um, their kid probably doesn't have a propensity for picky eating or they're not there yet, right? Or sometimes parents have like memories that are fading and they're like, my kid was never picky. But if you would have captured them in the moment 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago, you're like, yeah, that's picky, right? Like you were struggling through this. You just forgot. And a lot of parents think that this idea of picky eating is caused by parents, which is just simply not true. In fact, I cannot tell you that uh, my son who got picky actually became picky around fruit. Like he would only eat fruit. He wouldn't eat anything else. And so, yes, I only serve, what am I supposed to do? Not serve him fruit? Like, no, he decided that fruit was his food, his safe food, and that's all he wanted to eat. And although we know fruit is great for you and super healthy, it's also not actually good enough variety to have a varied diet for health and wellness down the line. So being picky and only eating a handful of foods, even if those foods are super healthy, actually cause picky eating to get worse and not have very good gut bacteria because that variety, even if it's quote unquote healthy foods, is not ideal. Now, I know that's not all of our stories. I also know that it's not realistic to raise children in this society, in this world, let them be social, let them go to school, daycare, go over to friends' houses and not be exposed to foods that you would prefer they wouldn't get picky about, right? Like all of a sudden, this is the only food that they eat or maybe even the vice versa where these are now foods they won't eat because they saw a friend reject them or whatever that might be, right? Like it's not realistic to think that in our society, we can just keep goldfish away from our three-year-old forever, right? Like all of a sudden they're going to go, like I know in our church's nursery, it's goldfish. At daycare, they have goldfish. At friends' houses, they have goldfish. At the park, they see other kids with goldfish. And obviously there's not always an awareness piece to it, but eventually there will be. And when we don't introduce our kids to a variety of foods and kind of eliminate the excitement around them, the hyper-focus on them um, at a young age, once they grow up, guess what foods they're going to binge on? 
guess what foods they are not ever going to feel like they got enough of because they were deprived of it as kids. And so this is why it's important to introduce all foods to children of young ages and introduce them in a way that's neutral. That's saying, hey, these foods should not control you. You are in control in front of these foods. You know what foods make you feel best. You know what foods to, to eat in order to feel yourself well. Because I cannot tell you the number of people that I interact with on a daily basis that say, I wasn't allowed to have candy as a kid. I wasn't allowed to have cake. When it was my birthday party, my mom would make, you know, some sort of healthy tofu type cake or avocado brownies or whatever it might be. And now as an adult, my sweet tooth is out of control. Like I cannot control myself if there's sweets around or if there's chips around. Now, I'm not saying to inundate your kids with these highly processed, unhealthy foods. That's not what I'm trying to get across at all. But what I am saying is that there is a neutrality around foods that needs to happen to our children at young ages, not at like one, right? We're not talking about after their first birthday, they just get like candy and all these things. But over time, slowly exposing them to all sorts of different foods so that they can have a varied diet, which is healthiest, so that they can try new foods, they can get the nutrients they need, but also so that they don't become obsessed with certain foods, even now or later in life. We don't want to make these foods seem special or off limits or scarce because then what do we all do when something is scarce? We hoard it. Like if 2020 taught us anything, the scarcity of toilet paper made everyone hoard toilet paper. It's because this human nature, when something is scarce, we try and hoard it. This is our biology kicking in saying, hey, if food is scarce, we need to get as much of it as we possibly can, store it up for later, have it all now, even if we know that doesn't necessarily make sense. So we actually need to teach our kids that young age, how to be in control around all foods. So although yes, on paper, it sounds like if you were on a desert, deserted island and all you had were the healthiest of healthy foods and your kid only had access to broccoli and steamed chicken and blueberries and quinoa and like all these super healthy foods, like, yeah, that sounds great on paper. In real life, this actually doesn't work. And we also see that, like I said, with my son, you can see kids getting picky and being very selective about foods and only eating a handful of foods, even if they are healthy, right? And oftentimes we see things like they only like the pasta. Well, I bet that mom didn't just serve pasta to her kid for a week straight with nothing on it. It was probably pasta mixed in with sauce and maybe veggies and chicken or some sort of protein. And the kid decided, I only like this piece of this food. Okay, I have to hop in really quick and tell you about today's sponsor for the podcast, and that is Paleo Valley. You guys have heard me talk about them long before they were an actual sponsor. I absolutely love the products that they put in this world. They care about their ingredients. They care about the quality of the supplements and the food that they're providing you with. And I absolutely love that. I love their owner. I enjoy so many of their products. It's hard to narrow it down. But if you were to just pick three, I'm going to give you my top three products from Paleo Valley that I buy all the time. Number one is hands down their beef sticks. I like most of the flavors. I'm not into the spicy ones, although my husband loves them. Um, but I like the original and the summer sausage and the garlic summer sausage as well. Those ones are incredible. I use this for a mom snack. So I will grab this, maybe a string cheese, but it's like car friendly. Like I can eat it in the car. I can leave it in the car. I can leave it in my purse and it's completely fine. It tastes delicious. And I'm typically not a jerky person. So you should know that this is like 
years and years of work to get to this place, but I love the flavor that they have. Plus it's a nice punch of protein. The second one is their protein powder. I love their collagen protein powder. I get the unflavored, uh, which I love because you can stir it literally into anything, but it's got high quality protein to help you throughout your day as well. Just kind of beef up the amount of protein we're getting. We know as moms, oftentimes we're eating scraps and things from here or there. This is such a great supplement to add to your routine to help you get the most out of your nutrition. Okay, and the third product are their superfood bars. I am not a bars person. So these superfood bars, they sent it to me originally, and I could not believe my eyes. The um, ingredients are really great. The balance of macronutrients, vitamins, and minerals in there are excellent, really hard to find with a bar that actually tastes good, and that's what we have here. I just started eating the red velvet cake. Uh, flavor. It's so good, (laughs) but they also have, um, I think the original one that I tried was their chocolate one really good as well. So you can try out some different flavors in there, but I absolutely always have these on hand as well. Every once in a while I'll share with the kids, but mostly this one's for me and my mom pack, but you can save some money by going to paleovalley.com backslash littles to save some money on your next order. Plus I believe they have free shipping at above order 75 and above. So I'd highly recommend hitting that threshold, getting that free shipping on top of the discount that my link brings you. I'll link it down in the description box. Uh, Make sure to check out my three favorites, but check out all their products. The discount is good across the entire site. So make sure to check that out. And all right, now back to the show. So what are we supposed to do in those situations? Just uh, like separate all of our food out and be like, well, you can have only the pieces I'm okay with you becoming obsessed about, but not the pasta, like the main grain of the dish. It actually just doesn't make sense. And we know that in a child's life, they're going to be exposed to all these foods. And we want them to be exposed to those foods too. We want them to eat and enjoy pasta. We want them to eat and enjoy bread and these kind of sort of carby foods that typically we see picky eaters um, favor, right? And they favor it for a reason, by the way. Our children are growing like weeds. I don't have to tell you that. You know that they're growing like weeds. And oftentimes what that does is that increases their need for easy, accessible energy, which comes in the form of carbs. So we do need to be feeding our kids these carbs. We can't avoid grains for our little one because we're afraid they're going to get selective about them and only eat them from here on out. We need to be serving them a variety of foods. And there are tactics that keep your child from getting extremely selective, from getting really picky, from only preferring certain types of foods. We can serve these variety of foods and expect and know that our little ones are getting a healthy, varied diet. So I just want to remind you that it's not as simple as only serve them foods you want them to eat. It's also not as simple, especially if your child is already picky, to only give them foods that you want them to eat when they have nothing on their plate that they recognize, that they feel safe around, that they want to try. You're actually just causing their emotions to get heightened and get to get more and more dysregulated. And the more dysregulated they become because they literally aren't meeting their most basic needs, they're going to act out. So if we are giving them foods that they feel really uncertain about, like they're getting really unsettled and they can't meet their basic needs, like feed their food, like being hungry and they can't feed themselves because they don't trust the food in front of them, all you're doing is making them hangrier and hangrier and hangrier, which is going to make it a bigger and bigger obstacle to actually get them to eat. This is why the advice of just wait until they're hungry enough and then they'll eat whatever's in front of them actually doesn't work the way that we think it does. Now, it is true, and of course, everything that goes to the extreme does have a kernel of truth, that we need to make sure that our little one is feeling that hunger sensation, but not to the point where they're so ravenous and so hungry that they're getting dysregulated, that they're feeling really uneasy, that they're not comfortable 
at their seat at the table. They can't sit still. They can't focus. They can't look at the food in front of them. They can't open their mind to new possibilities, right? Like we've all been there with our little ones who are just losing it. And I've been there too. Like as an adult, like I've lost it. And I cannot even tell you how ridiculous it would be for someone to like hang broccoli in front of my eyes and be like, "You, all you need is broccoli, right? Like just take a bit of, bite of broccoli in the middle of my breakdown. I would probably throw the broccoli across the room. We're not all too different than toddlers. We need to be fed. We need to be energized, but we also need to be fed at the right time. Timing is really important, but so is the options in front of us. And knowing your kid is so important, knowing what foods that they consider safe, knowing what foods that they consider something comfortable that they can try and enjoy. Over 75% of moms who follow me over on Instagram report that they struggle to offer a variety to their picky eaters. Yet we know that offering a variety of foods is not only important for combating picky eating, but also vital for their overall health. Revamp My Rebuild and Expand Variety Meal Plan is designed to increase variety and exposures to new foods while decreasing your stress. This meal plan takes family staples and builds on them week by week to drastically increase the variety your little one is exposed to in just one month. What that means for you is you can have peace of mind knowing that you're serving them a variety of food while taking the guesswork out of it. Revamp uses methods I teach inside Table Talk like bridging and food chaining. And no, you don't have to understand these techniques completely because the system does it for you. It's a 70-page system with over 100 total recipes for breakfast, lunch, snacks, and dinner, plus my top tricks, favorite gear, and other fun surprises along the way. You can follow the rotation day by day for 30 days, or you can pick and choose your favorites to filter in on your own time. So if you're stuck in a rut with meals and want to try something new while also helping your picky eater eat a bigger variety, this system is for you. You can click the link in the description box below to grab your copy today. All right, now back to the show. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope not only it puts your mind at ease of this kind of false sense of, oh, just put whatever you want them to eat in front of them and and hope for the best or that's all you can do, right? Like there's actually more to it than that. And on paper or in our heads, it might sound like that's the right advice when actually it can spiral things and make things worse and take longer to get through this pick eating stage, which is exactly why I teach what I teach in a way that kind of is a collaboration between you and your child. Now, ultimately, you're still the confident leader. You're still in charge and they have to come to the table willing and ready to try new things, to take new chances, to take risks, to be adventurous with food. And there's a way that we can get them there. And so I hope this episode was helpful. I hope uh, this dispelled kind of that myth or that idea that might even be popping up in your head. Like, man, if I just would have only served them food that was healthy and whole foods and all these sorts of things, and we wouldn't even be in this predicament. Like, I hope I took that kind of off your radar and reminded you that it is not your fault. It is not something that you can just cure by controlling every little dynamic and every little moment of your child's life because ultimately you're never going to be able to do that for long. Maybe you can today, maybe you can tomorrow, maybe even this year, but ultimately you're not going to be able to control it forever. And you want to increase their ability to make decisions for themselves. That's what we want to do, right? Raise healthy, independent eaters, eaters who know how to fuel their body, not just now, but later in life. 
so that they can be healthy. They can show up as their healthiest self. They can make, make their healthiest decision for their body because you laid that groundwork now. So keep going. It is worth it. I'm so proud of you. I'm here for you. And I think I'm going to turn this into a series because I know another one that comes up a lot too is pick eating is just a phase, just push through it, right? Like, oh, it just takes time. Eventually they'll grow out of it. And I want to tackle that one too. So stay tuned, make sure to subscribe, share this podcast with another mom friend, and we'll dive into that one another time. All right. See you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.